<laughs> Welcome to another episode of View from the Stands podcast, and we are back and at it again here. I'm Sterling, and you can find me on Twitter at Sterling Noop. My co-host alongside me, as always, is D, and you can find me on Twitter at Chicago Jones DW. The official Twitter page for the show is at VFTS Podcast. Uh, make sure to uh, listen to and subscribe to us on Apple Music and SoundCloud, VFTS Podcast. And then finally, uh, you can watch us when we do have our shows on video and, uh, and YouTube. Search for View from the Stands Podcast. All right, sir. So we will, um, of course, get into Super Bowl here. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday. It's a bittersweet day. Great, hopefully a great day of football, but it also is the end of the football season. Um, so it very much can be a, a sad, a sad time for uh, football fans. Uh, I think for a lot of Bears fans, though, we are optimistic and we're looking forward to uh, what the offseason will bring. And it's just crazy. I think back to 20 years ago with the offseason and, you know, 20, 30 years ago um, with the offseason and you really didn't hear a lot during the offseason where now football is 24-7. So for, for fans like you and I, we very much can still get our football fixed throughout the season, even if it is an actual hitting in, in, in games and in touchdowns. It's still something that we can talk about and and tune into. Um, so I'll be looking forward to that. But, yeah, Super Bowl week is here, Super Bowl Sunday. Hey, man, you know, like I said, I, before the show started, you know, I'm a little hurt. We ain't doing a video today. I'm a little hurt. So I'm in my bedroom. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> I lost in our franchise. But still look at see. I got my I got my Afro shirt on. I got my head, my head scarf on because um yeah, it's Super Bowl weekend and it's officially the Soul Bowl um uh, with two black quarterbacks going <laughs> at it. So I'm looking forward to this weekend, man. Took took Monday off so we can go ahead and hurry up and get this next season started in our franchise on man. But uh yeah, man, it's it's gonna be an exciting weekend. Looking forward to uh, hopefully an exciting game. I know we're gonna get into that in the show, and uh, you know, for my for my pet, you know, I'm hoping I make a little this weekend too. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. I, I did want to <laughs> ask you what uh, what bets you have out there. So hopefully we'll get to that uh, I don't later know on. Just yet. I don't know just yet. Maybe I figured out by the end. Of the show. Okay. <laughs> um, but before we get into NFL news, we did want to take a moment to talk about uh, the NBA. And um, not all the trade frenzy that was going on last night, uh, but the um, acknowledgement and recognition of, of greatness. And, and I'll, I'll just put it that way. Um, LeBron James uh, here this week became the scoring leader in the NBA, passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's uh, long-held record for most points scored in the NBA career. And, of course, that, that number will only – increase as uh, the games go on. Um, but it, it is one of those moments where I, I just want to talk about LeBron from the standpoint of give him, giving him his flowers. You know, coming in as an 18-year-old with the moniker of the king and, you know, all the weight that was put on his soldier, soldier, soldier excuse me, as a, a number one pick. Um, and for him to live up to that and not only live up to that, but really surpass that with the work that he's done on the court. Um, but at the same point, just the person that he is, as far as what we see off the court, um, the family aspect with his wife and three kids, um, he deserves his flowers. 
for for sure, man, for sure. And you know, not only deserving his flowers, but I think I sent you, you know, a video with JJ Reddick talking about how, you know, people even try to deny him, you know, with setting this record, oh well he's not a scorer. And it's like, no, not only is he the all time scorer, but I think he's top five in points per game average. Um and that's not even something you think about with LeBron um as a basketball player. Just to me, I mean, yeah, Mike is the GOAT, but as far as greatest basketball player, it's LeBron. Mike's the Mike's the GOAT player of all time. But yeah, man, like this dude just effortlessly, he just is um everything you want um out of a basketball player. And um, you know, when you want when we were talking, I was like, you know, you were saying the turning point of when because we're obviously MJ fans, and when he came in, like you said, he had all this scrutiny and a lot to live up to, and it was almost impossible when you think about um, yeah. everything that he had to live up to and lived up to it and surpassed it. And I know me and you were talking about how, you know, a big turning point for you was, you know, after that loss, I believe, to the Mavericks, where he basically was like, you know, got a little effort in his system, you know, and yeah. and. <clears throat> That that to me, I think, above all the accolades, above even the longevity, him still averaging 25, 28 points a game right now at you know thirty eight years old. I think to me that's the biggest thing of, about LeBron's um, career. I think that you can, for me, say that that's the biggest lesson because like you know you can literally be like you could do it all, be one of the best in everything, be you know, like 38 years old and be still running up and down the court with all these 20 year olds, turn around, be a billionaire philanthropist, you know what I mean? Be a great husband, be a great father, you know, do all that stuff. And people still ain't gonna like you. Like there are really people that, that's like, after he literally has snatched his respect from you and I, people who were like, ah, I don't know about this kid. And even us being naysayers, snatched his respect from us. There's still people that don't like him. And it's like, he is the best. No scandals, like you said, uh, above and beyond um, everything that we thought he was going to be. And the biggest lesson that I learned from LeBron is just be you, man, because people ain't going to like you regardless. If you, yeah. if you do, even if you do everything great <laughs> like he's right. done, you still going to have haters. Live your life. Absolutely, absolutely. So congrats to LeBron. Um, like I said, the um, number's only going up. And um, – because he's not stopping. He's he's not done playing, which is the crazy yeah. thing about it. He, I think they say he can probably like, get to 40. Yeah, yeah. I think he's probably – honestly, I say he's probably got another two years in him. And I know he wants to 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 play with his oldest son. And his oldest son is about to go to college, uh, I think, next year. His upcoming year will be his first, uh, first year in college. Maybe he's got one more. I don't know. But anyway, I know LeBron's um, – really has that wish of, of playing on the court with his son. And um, I think he's going to be sticking around uh, to do that. And from a health standpoint, it's amazing how he's been able to, to be as healthy as he has been throughout his career. Yeah. He's had a little, you know, dings here and there, but nothing, you know, major. Um, so it's just a testament, you know, you know, crazy in terms of what he all has done in 20 years of basketball, but um, going on to uh, some other topics um, before we get to the actual football, I uh, have a, a WTF moment uh, on the football side, and that is related to Adrian Foster. So those who, who don't know or didn't uh, see her re recently, Adrian Foster is a former football player who played for the Houston Texans for uh, a number of years, uh, was a running back there and um, 
you know, had a, a couple years there as far as Pro Bowl se- seasons where he was one of the top running backs in the league. Uh, anyway, on a podcast here recently, uh, I think maybe a week, two weeks ago now, um, he mentioned that the NFL scripted. He was like, yeah, it's, it's scripted. Like, we used to get um, play, you know, scripts before the season started. And, like, training camp was, like, basically practicing out those scripts. Um, so, you know, if we if we knew we were going to, you know, drop a ball right here, you know, that's what we'd be practicing and, and working on was the sentiments that he was given. Um, and it was – so that was the nature <laughs> of his comments. And so this is coming from a former NFL player – and it blows up Twitter. Everybody's like, what the hell are you talking about, dude? And then, of course, <laughs> former NFL players are chiming in like, yeah, uh, when I got that script and they told me my I was going to tear my ACL, man, you know, it was so hard for me to take, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you know. <laughs> it was great. It was just, just, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. It was funny. It was definitely funny. Adrian Foster, man, like, or Arian Foster, excuse me. Um. The thing about him, he he's like a, a stepper, a notch or two below Kyrie, as far as the like tinfoil type of cat. Like I know he believes in a lot of different things. I know the way he lives his life is a little unorthodox or whatever. But um, a way he is a lot like Kyrie is he's a fire star, and like he's one of those like I want to just sit back and watch the world burn. And like knowing that some people would run with this because again, I think I said on our last show. There's so much misinformation going around that anybody would believe any and everything. And I think he was like, oh, yeah. Like, you, you say this with enough conviction. Like, let me just right. get back. And, and like, and it right. was, I, I love, like you said, the, the the players, the athletes, the memes that came from it, the different tweets from it. Like, yeah, this was a great day on Twitter. And uh, yeah. no, I don't believe a, a, a single but right, yeah, right. None of it, sure. It kind of kind of goes down that path of the whole um Damar Hamlin conspiracy as far as he really passed away. Um, that and, and that probably <laughs> is the reason why he even started like, okay, y'all, y'all want to really believe something? Get get take half right, of a load right. of this. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Um another thing that I, I want to chat on as far as uh, the football front and comments that have been made. Uh, Trent Dilfer. Another lie, another story. Oh, I think you're talking about Tom. <laughs> no, no, I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with Trent Dilfer first. So, so uh, sorry for jumping around. Trent, Trent Dilfer um, had a, a recent comment here on on the show where he was saying that because today's NFL is not as physical uh, related to the passing game, meaning you know DBs can't um, do as much. Uh, you know, grabbing and, and pushing and and whatnot of receivers. Um, the quarterbacks, you know, are more protected in the league now. He he mentioned that, you know, when it comes to, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady doing these, these great things, he's like, you know, I'm, I'm not impressed. And um, that that gave a lot of fire, especially coming from Trent, Trent Dilfer. <laughs> now, now, here's the thing. Now, now, now before we lay into Trent Dilfer, because sometimes it can be about the message. Because there was a part of me when I was listening to it and just taking it away from, okay, that's Trent, Trent Dilfer talking. Like, now, this is true. <laughs> because, right, now, this is true. But, I mean, like the past numbers, like we could just agree, it's inflated. It's inflated because of talking about everything from, you know, how the league has changed ever since Tom Brady got his knee stand. You know what I mean? Like, it is what it is. That's the wrong guy to be delivering that message. You know what I mean? Right. But I, what I will say is, and you and I were kind of talking about it, 
like maybe Trent Dilfer, you know, because, you know, you got guys who could, you know, lean on cornerbacks could have hands on receivers. You could, you know, check guys coming across the middle in that red zone area where linebackers could, you know, hit you with a little body blowing, you know, knock guys coming across the middle, stuff like that. So, yeah, the passing, I mean, just the headhunting, the jacked up aspect of it too, you know. Um, safeties, like there's a there's a clip of Ryan Clark going around where he demolished a West right. Rucker. Like he would have got kicked out of the game, you know what I mean, nowadays. So, yes, the passing numbers are inflated because of that. But, again, there are some people who just weren't that good, and Trent Duff was one of those guys. And so when you hear that message from him, it sounds like a lot of Lowry's, a lot of salt. <laughs> right, a lot of salt, a lot of haterade there. Because um, and that was the thing. I, when I saw it, I was like, to your point, it's not that he, what he's saying is wrong because the, the the rules have changed. But Trent, like, I've seen clips of you missing wide open receivers. Like, pass that message on to Steve Young or something. Like, <laughs> Trent, yeah. Trent, I, th- I think the Ravens won like six games when I scored a touchdown the year they won the Super Bowl. Right, bro. Like, <laughs> it was something crazy, bro. You, you the wrong messenger. Brian Billick was an offensive coach, and and his defenses won him a Super Bowl. Like this is, like this. Everyone forgets that Brian Billick was an offensive coach, mainly because of you. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, uh, so, um, speaking of Tom Brady though, and and not being impressed, um, I am impressed. He is the goat. Tom Brady is retired. He announced uh, on the beach um, in, I'm assuming, Tampa Bay. And um, he's finally calling it quits. A a very long career, 20 years or something crazy like that for him. I I remember watching him in college in the Super Bowl um, freshman year. Crazy that it was that long ago. But, yeah, he's done. Um, For me, it's one of those things I, I look at other players and say, if I had to pick a quarterback, I probably would pick another quarterback if I'm building my franchise or whatnot. But at the end of the day, Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time based on what he has done um, in the clutch uh, year after year as far as his performance and consistency. Um, and then doing it with the Patriots and then going to another team in Tampa Bay and doing it in year one. That's just not something that happens. Um, he's the best. Yeah, and I think when it's all said and done, a couple of years removed, that's you know same way we looked at Jordan. We didn't really look at the Wizards years. Um, we're gonna look at Tom Brady and his career, and that's um gonna be the focal point. I think right now, just the way that this past year happened, it just feels like you know oh how the mighty have fallen. You know what I mean? Like you you leave one year later. And, you know, it's kind of like that, that, that Thanos, like, you know, what did it cost you? Everything. You know what I mean? Like, you have a terrible yeah. season. It looks like he didn't really enjoy it. It looks like he was on the beach in Miami, actually, um, because I think his kids and his, his, his ex-wife now are down there. And it just looked like he's a, a shell of a man, a shell of himself and kind of going out sad again, like. A couple years from now, we're going to look back at the GOAT and all the championships and stuff like that. But right now in the present, it just feels like, man, like, did you really make the right decision? Yeah, and I guess my only um, reaction to that is um, 
you know, from a, a long-term aspect, again, kind of going, going to your point of in a couple of years, I, I look at it right now and I'm, I'm still in awe that this man had two Hall of Fame careers. Like two separate Hall of Fame careers is, is crazy. Um, but you, you are right. There is definitely uh, a view there of, you know, should you have given it up early? But at the same point, to, to our conversation that we've had offline and on here, he might have been able to keep going if he really wanted to, which is crazy too. Yeah, I mean, it was, it, it was more of the team that kind of let him down because he didn't have necessarily a bad year, but it just, yeah. you know, he, he had a bad year. <laughs> yeah, in terms of Tom Brady's standards, it was a bad year. No, no, yeah. he, he had a bad year. Well, I'm saying that too from a, te- a total team aspect too. No, right Tom now. Brady. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of retirements, <laughs> um, JJ Watt, AJ Green, also um, have announced their retirements. Um, you know, JJ Watt, uh, of course, defensive player of the year, I believe, twice. Um, Hall of Famer, probably. I think for sure, Hall of Famer, A.J. Green, you know, a Pro Bowl wide receiver with the Cincinnati Bengals, um, and then went to the Cardinals. Um, I, I think for me, it's just kind of crazy as far as being at that point in our lives where we're getting to the age where we're seeing people's full careers. Um, because, you know, I've seen, you know, saw J.J. Watt and saw A.J. Green get drafted and again, saw Tom Brady um when he won his first Super Bowl. And and when I say when I say saw that, I mean like of adult age or young adult age where, you know, I vividly remember that. And I I wasn't a kid. (laughs) You know, I was 21, 20, 2021. I was Um, excited to play with them on Matt that you bought at your place. (laughs) Yes. And and now these dudes are hanging it up. Um so it's just it's it's crazy. Uh, to me to feel on that standpoint, but that's a cycle, I guess. One other thing with these two guys, more so, you know, white and green, just how I, how the game of football, where you can have two guys who could legitimately both end up in the Hall of Fame, but just the the way the, the, the cookie crumbles sometimes on the teams you end up at, like it doesn't matter that they're Hall of Fame talents. Like the top of their game, A.J. Green was unstoppable top of his game, J.J. Watt, top five defender of all time, and, like, neither of them sniffed the ring. Like, that, you know what I mean? Like, that, that game of yeah. chance when it comes to, you know, getting drafted for the team, like, that's big time. Yeah. Definitely. Um, continuing on with some things in the NFL, not uh, on the field. Um, just some updates as far as the head coaching hires. D'Amigo Ryans went to the Houston Texans, which I think is going to be a great move for them. Um, I, I, I more so say that just because I think he's um, he's going to be a good head coach. Um, you know, he, he formerly played for the Texans, um, defensive-minded guy. Um, he seems like the players really uh, play for him. And he got to assume that he's going to at least get two, maybe three years. Just that, that's the. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, I hope they don't do that man dirty because um, no, Houston, they have Texas, to at least like just for PR standpoint. Like, from, but you know, you, you would think be here at least two years. And, <laughs> and so to fill everybody in that that may not know remember, but um, their last coach, Lovey Smith, black head coach, fired after year one. 
before before that, um, I'm forgetting the, the the head coach's name. Um, Wilkes, I think the guy that just uh, no, no, it wasn't Wilkes. Wilkes was with the Panthers. Um, Caldwell, no, it wasn't. Um, I'm forgetting the 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 head coach's name, but he, he was yeah, also Wilkes uh, was the guy that got fired from Arizona. The black guy that got their their other team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm forgetting his name, but anyway, the the head coach before Lovey Smith. Uh, was a black uh, head coach fired after one year? Uh, Romeo Carmel, I think I don't I don't think he was right before that, but he was fired um, from them as well. So it, they just do not have a, a history. Um, or no, actually, um, before um, the previous head coach before Lovey was uh, uh, O'Brien, but they the last two years they have not given African American head coaches any sort uh, of leash. And um, I think this this is going to be different, um, but it is uh, uh, something to be seen, I guess. But, um, yeah, so he went to the Texans. Sean Payton went to the Broncos. Broncos gave up their 29th pick and I think one other pick to the Saints to get Sean Payton. Um, this is just going to be interesting. I, I know you and Denver are probably hearing some things and, and thoughts from folks, but – it just seems like, you know, they, they went all in to get Russ and that didn't work out. Now they went all in to get Sean. And it just seems like it's not going to work out either. But, hey, you know, we'll throw all our money here, throw all picks here and see what happens, I guess. Yeah, I thought I was going to hear like an overwhelming sentiment of, you know, Super Bowl again. But I really think that they are kind of gun shy, especially just because, of, like you said, the mortgage future. And seeing what they saw this year for Russell Wilson, it's like, is this going to be enough? That's what I'm kind of getting from a lot of, you know, the fans out here. Right, because, you know, one thing I I think we're so quick to to crown people as well, you know, players, head coaches as, you know, these these greats. And, you know, I look at Sean Payton, and I think he definitely is a great offensive mind. But at the same point, I could argue like you you only got one ring with Sean with um Drew Brees. Like only only one. And like Drew Brees that was out here like just swinging that thing every year leading league in accuracy and like numbers. Yeah. Right. And I know Sean Payton had a part of that as a, a head coach. You know, I'm not gonna get that away to him, but or away from him, but you know. I know it's so hard to win a Super Bowl. I'm not, I'm not discrediting that, but at the same point, it seems like as soon as somebody wins one, they're great. I, I think the bigger thing is what you're saying is how how random it is to win a Super Bowl, and you giving away a lot of capital for a, 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 a whole lot of chance. You know what I mean? Like that's not right. a bet I, I will be willing to do, especially when you already just gave a whole lot of capital. You know what I mean? Like Right. And this guy's not on the field making plays. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Um, the other thing on the head coaching front, what's going on with Arizona and Indianapolis? And I say that because it's not surprising to hear that um, uh, a team that doesn't have a head coach established before the Super Bowl. What is surprising, though, is that you don't hear the whispers of, oh, they're just waiting until after the Super Bowl because they can't offer this guy until the Super Bowl is over. Like, we're not hearing any of that. And it's kind of like 
what's going on? And, you know, are these just places that folks don't want to go? And to some extent, I think that could be the case, especially in Arizona, but thoughts? Yeah, I think it's leadership. I think it's leadership from the top. Um, with Indianapolis, you see the, you know, the meddling with the with the owner and what, you know, what's going on with him on Saturday. So I think there's just uncertainty there with what their direction really is. And then in Arizona, I mean, like, look what's been going on within the past couple of years. From you know, I'll go all the way back to Josh Rose, right? So you get this, you get this coach. He has this quarterback. Lets him go in a year, which at the time was unprecedented. You know what I mean? Like, picks up, pick this, pick this quarterback who he wants. Then they totally like push him out halfway out the door. You do the disrespect. Coach gets fired. You know what I mean? Like all this stuff is. I, I would that be an attractive place? I'd rather go to Houston. I believe why Nico Ryan's with Ravens, you know what I mean? Like along with playing there, but no, that doesn't look like an attractive destination. Both of those places look like, you know, they have issues from the top down. Yeah, no, I can't I can't disagree with you on that front. So uh going to the actual field in the playoffs from uh, a week and a half ago. The Chiefs, of course, held on and beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, late field goal due to a penalty. Uh, one of those plays where I was, you know, in the moment looking at it, I was like, God damn, this is just stupid. And you just gave the game away. And, and I forgot the player's name. He knows that. Um, it's unfortunate. You hate to see a game in that way. But that's kind of those small differences that you see in just the, the randomness of, of teams winning um, late in the season or, or in the playoffs. And the way quarterbacks are protected, too, I mean, if I was a quarterback, you know, like kind of like that Reggie Miller type, just not caring that people look at you or, or even James Harden, like whether it's, you know, 15-yard uh, penalties for, you know, unsportsmanlike, like, you know, roughing the passers or running out of bounds and kind of slowing up and getting hit. I've seen quarterbacks do that. Like a lot of plays like that, a, a once or twice a game can change the game. And these officials seem like they're ready to throw the flag for plays like that. I mean, you, you can – you get a lot of hidden yardage just getting getting away with, you know, just like how Aaron Rodgers gets people to come off sides with his hard counts. Like, these these officials are – and I know it's protecting the quarterbacks, but even a play like that, like, how do you stop running full speed? And You know what I mean? The guy's kind of – yeah, I so do I, I, him, but, I mean, you just – you see that so much. And, 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 again, with the penalty itself, that 15 yards, like, it moves – it, it changes the game so much that, like, how do you expect defenders to play full speed and then stop on the diamond, not hit a quarterback in the head, not let your body weight fall off, not, like, you know, tap him when he slows up, but you're running, running full speed and cleats that, like, you think they grip the ground. They don't grip the ground as much when you're running out of bounds. Like, that shit is the <laughs> Yeah, so I, I would agree with you. If, if I was a quarterback, I would definitely try to take advantage of some of those things as far as, especially, you know, tiptoeing on the sideline and just going out before, you know, and then trying to get a penalty. Because, um, you know, that as well as the um, the the defenders putting their body weight on quarterbacks when they, they sack them is the stupidest penalty ever. Um, but in, in this situation, that Cincinnati Bengals game, that was just a, a, a dumb play by the linebacker because he extended his arm and pushed him when there was no need for that. In that situation, you don't do it. You just, you just don't do it. He, he was out of bounds. The play ends there and they're potentially trying to kick a lot longer field goal that 
maybe that game goes into overtime. And I think that game probably does go into overtime if you don't make that play. And it's just that's one of those things where I I, I really hated to see the game in that way. Not having a care in the world who won, it's like y'all just gave this game to him. Like y'all literally gave the game to him. Um, speaking of giving the game to him, that's kind of what happened with the 49ers and the Eagles. Um, not on purpose or not by penalty, but by injury. Um, Brock Purdy uh, injured his elbow. Uh, if I remember correctly, like first quarter, second quarter of the game. It was early, and um, it was over at that point. Um, the 49ers backup, Josh Austin, did come in the game, but he ended up going out, uh, I want to say, at half um, because of a concussion. So maybe maybe he, he came out later. Anyway, he came out for a concussion, and Brock Purdy couldn't throw the ball. Um, he actually had a, a, a major elbow injury and I think he's about to be getting surgery here uh, in the next week or two and he's going to be out um, yeah, I think back in time for training camp but he, he his, his elbow was done and <laughs> at that point the game was over um, the 49ers had no other quarterbacks on the, on the roster um, and it was basically run the ball and that's it Eagles won end of story and you know that's a team where, you know, the the 49ers, that you know, the talent on that team, there's gonna have to be a decision made in that quarterback room. I mean, you got Trey Lance, obviously Garoppolo's probably the odd man out with Purdy stepping up too. But you know, it's kind of an embarrassment of riches. But what I always say, if you got more than one quarterback, I've got one. You know. Yeah, and to your point, uh, Garoppolo is done. They they've already said on both sides that he's a free agent this year and, and he has no plans on coming back. They have no plans to resigning him. Um, so it will be between Purdy and Lance. Um, but the, I, the weird thing for me is like, do you go with those two? Cause this isn't Madden. This is, this is real life. And you really don't know what you have in them. In my opinion, like I guess and what you Purdy, have again, a window with that team that's right. Really closing. Right, because you have yeah, a especially solid running backs. How how long is is Christian McCaffrey going to be that dynamic? How long is Debo right. Samuel going to be that dynamic? Yeah, right. So they got they got a short window, like you said. Um, I'm not necessarily sold on on Purdy. Uh, we don't know what Lance is. Uh, it's going to be definitely interesting to see what they do come uh, the off season. Um, in that quarterback room. Aaron Rodgers, he'll be there. He, he, but he he said he wasn't going to San Francisco. He said that, so I don't know. But he, he's in a dark that's, room right that's now. That's the best choice. <laughs> he, he's in a dark room for four days, so we'll we'll know what he decides uh, after he comes out of his dark room. Um, yeah, I, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> going to the Super Bowl, Chiefs, Eagles. Chiefs are going to be in white. Eagles in their home uh, green uniforms. What are, what are you thinking about this this game, D? Man, um, Soul Bowl number one. Man, I, I gotta think that I gotta think that the Eagles are gonna pull it out. Um, and and just because of their offensive, um, I just think because what their offensive line. I just think their offensive line is gonna be able to um, keep 
uh, the Eagles to moving the ball, moving the chains. Um, as long as Jalen Hurts doesn't make mistakes, I just think that's going to be the difference. Um, I, I don't, I don't know him because Mahomes, like he, he got that, it, he got that thing where like he cannot be stopped when he's, and I can totally see him being on and this just being a coronation too. So I really don't have a, a solid pick in this game. It's, I, I do expect it to be exciting. Yeah, it's funny you said that because I've, you know, I've been on a couple calls for work or, or folks asking, like, what, you know, what do you think about the game? I, I've really been like, I really don't know. Like, this is a game this this year where I could see either team winning. Um, and, you know, I think back to the last two Super Bowls that the Chiefs have been in, of course, with, you know, Andy Reid and Pat, uh, Pat Mahomes. And they haven't really looked good in the Super Bowl. Like, they haven't looked like the Chiefs during the regular season or even the Chiefs of the playoffs in, in those Super Bowl games. Uh, will they come out and look the same this time around, or will they look different? Is I, I think a big question. Um, and then you saying that, then eyes got to definitely be on that offensive line as far as the Chiefs, because that's going to be big. I mean, you know, you saw what happened when he gets you know touched and the ankle got touched up early in the playoffs. They're going to have to keep him upright because the Eagles play so physical that this could be a game where you know, hey, if you know they're getting pressure on Mahomes, it could get up. Yeah, and the, the Eagles had the most sacks uh, in the season th this year, so I think that's definitely uh, going to be one of the key matches matchups of the game. Um, <clears throat> you know, the other thing that I thought about as far as this game, uh, which led me to the Eagles um, just today, isn't really anything that makes sense from a field a football field standpoint. But there's two things: one, in Dominican Sioux, um, two years ago, in Dominican Sioux was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers signed uh, with them as a free agent, if I remember correctly, went to the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl. Next year, hey, I'm, I'm done with Tampa Bay, moving on. Went to L.A. Rams, won his second Super Bowl. Next year, guess where he's at? That's this year. He's with the Eagles in the Super Bowl. And down the Kinsue, three years in a row, Super Bowl champ with three different teams. That's going to be interesting. May happen. And, and just going to uh, – uh... Again, what we're saying about that offensive line and the Eagles defensive line, they also got a guy from us, Robert Quinn, you know. Like, there's something to be said with those guys who – those pass rushers, there's long-in-the-two pass rushers. That's why the Bills wanted Von Miller. And that's what he, what he did with the Rams. Late in games when you need that one good, you know, that one good move to get the quarterback off his, off his spot, veterans like they have along their defensive line could be the difference. Yeah. And then the last item that I have for my vote in the Eagles winning this game is um, Drake puts $700,000 on the Chiefs. It's never a good sign when Drake bets on your team um, in a championship game. So I'm going to go with Eagles as Super Bowl champs. Like that curse is so real that I'm pretty sure there's a couple guys on that team that like their stomach dropped. It's like because he legitimately <laughs> – yeah, so um, before we get out of here, want to uh, kind of switch over real quick to some of the NFL awards that are going on right now. A couple of those updates that I'm, I'm seeing here. Coach of the year, Brian Dabble, uh, Dable for the Giants. Um, definitely a turnaround that he had with the New York Giants. Um, surprised that maybe didn't go to uh, Sirianni yet uh, with the Eagles, though, with this only being his second year and getting them to the Super Bowl. But he got coach of the year. Gino, comeback player of the year, no surprise there. 
Um, offensive player of the year, Justin Jefferson, Vikings uh, wide receiver. Hey, I, I think that's uh, that probably makes sense to me. No, no argument for me on that one. This month will not uh, allow me to uh, acknowledge the defensive player of <laughs> <laughs> defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa. Uh, offensive rookie of the year, Garrett Wilson. Uh, Jets wide receiver. My only thing about offensive rookie of the year, I'm just glad it wasn't Brock Purdy. I was so upset when folks were saying hey, you should get us. Like, dude, play, didn't even play the full season. Didn't even play half the season. Y'all want to sit here and, and crown him offensive rookie of the year when he's got a really good team around him. No, the whole Jets team could have ran away with the rookies because, yeah, they, they their draft class was legit. Yeah. Um, Sauce Gardner is the defensive rookie of the year. Um, so, that's kind of the awards here uh, that I see that are, are notable for mentioning. Um, last thing on the awards front, we will hear as far as the Hall of Fame class uh, later on this evening, but reports so far are saying that uh, it sounds like Derek, uh, Devin Hester did not get in there. All right, y'all. So with that, we'll, we'll get up out of here. For Sterling Noob, I am Chicago Jones BW. Make sure to listen to us on Apple Music and SoundCloud, DFTS Podcast, and then last, searching on YouTube, View from the Stands podcast. Um, Here's to a good Super Bowl. This is our view from the stands. Peace. Put Hester in the Hall of Fame.